2: It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast starring Dave Schilling Randolph Keys Jeff Grayer Joey Devine Fannis Dembo Liddell Eccles Sean Keane Moreland Wiley! Patreons! Drake's best friend, Sean Woodley! In duty, Ebby! Thanks, Aaron! Fabian! Thanks, Fabian! Musical guest! The Bahamut. And now, the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Divine.
0: Hi! We're back! Two days late, but we are back. Uh, you're listening to Round Ball Rock. I am, of course, your temporary co-host, Joey Divine, and I'm here with the permanent co-host, Sean Keen. Sean? Sup, fam? Hey, how's it going? I was, uh, I was in Seattle this weekend, but... Likely Oklahoma City Thunder, I left. <laughs> <laughs> they deserve a team, baby. Now, did I see really anything in the city of Seattle, including my friends? Uh, not really. I was mostly on an island. <laughs> I did not see Fraser's house. I did not run into Dave Matthews. Um, Dave Matthews isn't from Seattle. Uh, he lives there now. He does? Yeah. Why? Do they allow him to dump the shit? From his tour bus all over town, is that why he lives there now? <laughs> he probably has done that. I um, <laughs> uh, I think Dave Matthews maybe finds his uh, aesthetic is pretty common in Seattle. That's just a thought. Like if he likes wearing like a a big a big warm hat all the time, which I think he might. Like I see Dave Matthews that. is getting pretty bald. I think of him as like a. Uh, I mean, they're from like. One of those Virginia, party right? party southern towns, right? Doesn't he seem more like a South Carolina man? Well, I mean, I think he's actually from Virginia, but... Well, he's actually I mean, he's from, from South, South Africa. Africa. Yeah, he yeah, likes yeah, Steve yeah. Nash. Seek <laughs> and Elon oh, Musk. They're... Joey, they're from Charlottesville. No, oh. oh, well... No. <laughs> and I mean, if you've been to a Dave Matthews band uh, crowd... Oh. You might see some khaki pants and, and tiki uh, torches. I'm not saying they'd get tiki torches. The band itself pretty diverse. No, but, but I'm saying uh, the uh the the tailgate in the uh in the arena parking lot definitely has people setting up tiki torches. You know what I mean? Oh that that you know what? You're <laughs> you're right about that. Uh but I think I think Dave Matthews at some point uh moved to Seattle. Weird. Um, you lose one Eddie Vedder, you gain one Dave Matthews. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like, um, yeah, he is, he has lived in Seattle. Hold on. Is there like a rule that a headliner of the bridge school benefit has to live in Seattle at all times? At all times is that at why all. he moved there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, it was weird. They made Metallica move there for yeah. a little while. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was a great story in, uh in uh, Sammy Hagar's autobiography, which mm-hmm, I listened okay. to. Recently. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. He definitely believes in a lot of numerology and stuff, but he tells a mean story about Eddie Van Halen when Paul Simon was doing the bridge school benefit. And he was like, Oh, Eddie, Eddie, I'd love to play a song with you. And Eddie Van Halen just like could not learn any Paul Simon songs. He's like, come on, it's a slip sliding away. It's not that hard. And, Eddie Van Halen was just too fucked up to learn it. Wow. Yeah. Um, does he uh, tell talk about how he does not know who Billie Eilish is in the book? Uh, I, it's, it's before Bill, it, that book was when Billie Eilish was like nine. Well, you know what? Somebody needs to send her a copy. All right. Um. <laughs> what if she's like, oh, yeah, the Red Rocker? Yeah. He was in Van Halen? <laughs> She's like, I'm just, I'm more into his work with Montrose. (laughs) Um, Uh, By the way, Dave Matthews has lived in Virginia uh, for, sorry, in Seattle for at least, uh, apparently he moved there during uh, George W. Bush's second term. Oh, because it was almost Canada? Yeah, Um, he was like, (laughs) I'm going to leave the country, but first I got to say,
3: hock up your flannel pants a little more. All
0: right. um, Show the sound to me. Oh, all I right. hate that song. I hate that song, Joey. Uh, let's okay. talk about some basketball, although there's a lot of non-basketball questions here. Let's go to Reader Mail.
3: This is Round Ball Rock Reader Mail. Communications from listeners. Why do we call it Reader Mail? It is confusing for robots.
0: All right, Sean, our first question Oh, first off I should say all of our questions this week come from our uh our Discord channel. Which uh, Joey, you can, how do you join it? Well, Patreon.com slash roundrockpod. Three bucks a month, you join the greatest community on the internet. Um It really is. Yeah. It's like uh it's like leftist basketball Reddit. <laughs> Um, our first question comes from L Half Narrow, who says, "Who are the Frank Black and Kim Deal of the NBA, and why do I feel like it's Chris Webber and Jalen Rose?" We should mm. explain who Frank Black and Kim Deal are first. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are from the Pixies, the band the, the seminal, Pixies. Yes, the uh, Seminal. Uh, they started in the mid eighties. Is that right? Yes. Um, A Boston band. Boston band. Yeah, correct. Who's the, who's the, who's the other, who's the other primary member? Oh, the, what's his name? Is, He's a magician. Jimmy? Is it Jimmy Santiago? Was that yeah, his name? Yeah, and then there's the drummer who's a magician whose oh name I God. can't remember. Did um, you know the Detroit Lions started an amateur magician on Thanksgiving, Joey? I did not know that. Yes, they did. <laughs> um, they did not win. I don't feel like it's Chris Weber and Jalen Rose, first off. Um... Chris Webber and Jalen Rose, I think, are the uh, Kim Gordon and Thurston Moore of the NBA. Oh, like they're they're straight up divorced together forever, saying? divorced, and everyone picked a side, and it's Jalen Rose's, <laughs> <laughs> which makes Jalen Rose Kim Gordon, of course. I mean, you still kind of work in the same field. The you know? only reason Chris Webber can't be Thurston Moore is because he refuses to appear in documentaries. And Thurston Moore uh, is contractually obligated to be in any documentary. That's you true. You just have to say his name three times in a mirror and he'll appear talking about any band behind us while sitting in front of a stack of vinyl. Yeah, he will. <laughs> he brings his own vinyl to those shoots, too. <laughs> you don't even need, like, a, a set decorator or anything. Um uh, but okay, so Frank Black and Kim Deal, I would say their relationship is like, um, Kim Deal was kind of marginalized by Frank Black for a long time, yes. right? Is that, would you say that's correct? And even when they were like reforming the Pixies, they were like all playing together without her, right? But it's a cold war, not a hot war, right? Wouldn't you describe it as that? Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's not like he's talking shit about Kim Deal. He just is not inviting her to things, right? Um but they made but they had a lot of like good history together. Right. Um let me think about what this I'm trying to think of somebody who's kind of excluded from this thing. Um and like I mean, kind of she also kind of found her own team. Yeah, I think it might actually be Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler. Well, like, except they didn't guess, actually yeah, do anything good together. That's true. Well, they made the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, on the last day of the season. I just. <laughs> okay, what if it's Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid? But that's an even shorter partnership. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of great and the and recent NBA divorces. You know. Uh huh. Right, right. 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 Because like Dirk and Steve Nash, it's that's not it. No, Although no, no, no. Was... It is similar in that um Steve Nash went on to do things that fucking ruled just like Kim Deal away from right. Frank Black. Well, yeah, she got her own team. Yeah. Um <laughs> But I'm gonna say it's like hmm. Oh, you know what I think who it is I think it is? I think it's I think Harden is Kim Deal and Frank oh. Black is Westbrook slash Durant. Yeah, I mean that's that's not bad. Uh yeah. I just I would like to make it one in one. That's the yeah, only thing. I think you're I true. think you're right. Spiritually, you're correct. I mean like God, like partnerships like that. It's you know what it kind of reminds me, except it's like the reverse is hmm. I was thinking like Garnett and Marbury. But Marbury is almost like if if the breeders had been, like, a weird art rock band mm-hmm. and then, like, went into, like, Bitcoin mining or something. Like, that's <laughs> what the arc of Marbury's career is. You know what? You know who it might actually be? Who's that? It might be uh, Paul Pearson, Antoine Walker. Oh. Wait, which one's... But, but Antoine Walker leaves? Well... Right? I mean, just the fact that, like, they were so linked, uh-huh. and then one solo one did better, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Eh. Well, and they also had, like,
2: and a that solo unsatisfying...
0: Who, yeah, yeah. And the solo who a... did better is not Frank Black, is what I'm saying. Well, they also had, like, an unsatisfying reunion, briefly. Yeah. Remember when Antoine Walker <laughs> went back to the Celtics? Was like wow that I don't I don't know about that one. Right. um it's almost Dwayne Wade and LeBron James that way too, except there's not enough acrimony there. Right, they're still buddies, and it's like, yeah, and and it's almost like if 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 Frank Black had had like a completely different like hip hop group beforehand, right? I mean it's. No, it's not really a Shaq and Penny situation, because I don't think they disliked each other either. Um, they kind of did. I think it was more like Shaq. Shaq kind of got, like, like the city turned mm, on him. Right. And they, But and he was, like, jealous of Penny a little bit, because yeah. Penny was so lovable. What about Steve Francis and Katino Mobley? <laughs> you know what? That's not bad. <laughs> but I feel like there's not enough. Neither of them did enough on their own to be one of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a little too late. Their breakup yeah. came too late. Um, Yeah. And like two people who kind of started. And you know what? Yeah. While we're talking about this, you know who Hardin, uh, Westbrook and Durant are actually. Uh, they're REM. Oh. oh uh, so like, and uh, Harden is when the drummer leaves and they keep going on and everyone's like, yeah, this is pretty good, but not quite uh, as good. <laughs> and, then, and then Kevin Durant going to the Warriors is like Peter Buck wrecking that plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, there's two I, mean, I was like thinking of the Spurs, but I'm like, no one ever left. You know um, <laughs> you know who it's going to be though? Uh, do you think it's gonna be like It's gonna be Townsend Embiid and Simmons? Wiggins? Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're both gonna have like very different teams eventually. But and Simmons will just never admit to hating Embiid, you know, because he just doesn't won't talk to anybody about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> what about Lebron and Kyrie? Yeah, you know what? That's who it is. It's LeBron yeah. and Kyrie for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good question, though. It is a good question. We I mean, are so always you're... down to answer any uh, indie rock question, NBA question, as long as the bands are from pre two thousand ten. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, well, actually, I'm going to quote El Hafnero later in the podcast okay. too. Something he said on the popping off. Discord. Alright. Let's get to the meat of this is this one's gonna take us a while, I think. Yeah. You know what? I'm glad, honestly, that there's nothing going on in the NBA so we have enough time to devote to this question. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> if there was a mid season tournament going on right now. We wouldn't we'd have to talk about that instead of <laughs> this wonderful question. Um all right. From the Locked On podcast network. Uh uh-huh. Uh Locked On Raptors host and I believe Head of locked on NHL, but I might be wrong about that. I don't know. He does work for them in some other capacity. Our friend of the, friend of the pod, former and future guest, Sean Woodley, asks, Hi guys. On the list of the top 15 scorers in the league, which players does Martin Scorsese think are cinema and which players does he think are not? Also, which movie would Scorsese liken each player to? So, okay. Sean, I have the list of the top 15 scoring leaders in the yes. NBA this season. Okay, So great. let's decide cinema or not cinema first, and okay, then we'll talk great. about what movie they are. Okay, great. All right. Number 15. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, this is an easy answer. Yeah. Devin Booker. Not cinema. Not cinema. Um, He's like Frozen 2. you know and i could i could honestly see him like i'm trying to think of the best example of someone who like breaks out of like the shittiest mainstream like like if if devin booker manages to become an Mm all-star it'll be like taylor lautner winning an independent spirit award yeah no it no it's like uh when uh Inception was nominated for Best Picture, which was just like a reaction to the Dark Knight not being nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, I could see it maybe (laughs) even being like when McConaughey had that one crazy year after like his after just making like five romantic comedies in a row Mm -hmm. with Terry Bradshaw. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number fourteen, Donovan Mitchell. Cinema or does Martin Scorsese again? It's not us, it's Martin Scorsese. Does Martin Scorsese think Donovan Mitchell is cinema or not cinema? God, you know what? This one's borderline to me. This is borderline, I think, too. But you know what pushes me over the edge? What Donovan Mitchell's intense, thirsty self identification with Spider Man. I was, and we know how Martin mm -hmm, Scorsese feels about cinema, yeah, not cinema Donovan Mitchell. Uh what movie does Martin Scorsese think Donovan Mitchell is? Oh, do you want to go to that? We haven't do you I want mean do... I said Frozen 2 for Devin Booker. <laughs> oh 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 sorry, I didn't realize. <laughs> oh, what what is Donovan Mitchell? Um Okay, I'm gonna say this is a weird one. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell is the way of the gun. That's pretty good. The Christopher like McQuarrie it. yeah, movie. Yeah. It's oh, like a I'm yeah. aware, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, All right. Number 13, Andrew Wiggins. You know, he's not cinema, but I think Scorsese thinks it's closer. I think he's cinema. And I'll tell you why. What? Redemption story. I I mean, I get it. And like, he's pretty raw. Like, like, like athleticism. I can see how he's like kind of a Scorsese type protagonist, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I think Andrew, he thinks Andrew Wiggins is like, um, I think he thinks he's a, I think he thinks he's Rocky. Oh, wow. I was going to say, he's, he also loses in the end. He's a fucking yeah, yeah. loser. <laughs> I was kind of thinking he's kind of like, um, I mean, I'm trying to think of the best example of this genre like, like maybe the Big Easy, maybe the Mighty Quinn, mm-hmm. but like, mm-hmm. like, like, kind of dirtbag, corrupt cop finally tries to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. He like looks, he looks the police chief in the eye oh, yeah. and promises to actually do police work. He's, he's too chaste, but it's almost close. He's almost bad lieutenant. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he's not. There's no sex in Andrew Wiggins' game, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, he'd be, like, he's, like, going to arcades, and, like, mm-hmm. like instead of going to prostitutes, he's going to, like, a LAN party. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, Sean, I think we might disagree on this one. Okay. Number 12, Kawhi Leonard, cinema or not cinema? You know, I think he's cinema, but I get how it's close. I think Scorsese thinks he's not cinema. It's too robotic. It's oh, too I, yeah. formulaic. You know what I mean? There's... I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I think he's like, okay, so there's there's two things that I think this is like, that it's it's almost like he's a Jim Jarmusch film. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, he's like, he's almost like Johnny Depp in Dead Man. Mm-hmm. But also he's kind of like the Scorsese movie Silence. Yeah, but <laughs> to he's me, silent. his game isn't, the things around Kawhi, you know, like, uh, yeah. hey, hey, hey. Yeah. And the Terminator commercial or whatever are very, like, idiosyncratic and uh mushy. So I get uh-huh. that but just his game to me it's too there's not a lot of personality there you know what i mean mhm yeah yeah i just think he's like he's almost like a throwback to the the robot from metropolis you know yeah like all the all the pieces work together very seamlessly yeah i think scorsese thinks he's like a alita battle angel or whatever one of those (laughs) movies that's just like a cgi character is the main character and it doesn't work (laughs) i think i think he's more like like a like a non-racist john wayne kind of like (laughs) like silent and Mm -hmm. yeah he's definitely i feel like he's a western but i get how you would think he was cgi yeah um all right this this one's a slam dunk to me yeah Number eleven, Pascal Siakam. Uh, he's Fucking he's an cinema. Academy Award winner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he he should he should scrimmage at AFI. I think. <laughs> uh, and to me, Pascal Siakam is like he's he's Fargo. You know oh, what I mean? I could see that. Just yeah, like yeah. a real fun roller coaster. The whole thing's put together. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Yeah, he makes every everybody else is made better in yeah. that too. <laughs> yeah um and I could also see um I mean like that that's a perfect choice I don't I'm trying to think of something that starts slower and gets crazy hmm I mean, in a way, he's kind of like a once upon a time in Hollywood to me, sure, yeah, a little goofy, you know, um all right, Brandon Ingram, number ten cinema <laughs> or not cinema. I'm gonna say he's not cinema. It's just it's there's not enough of an arc yet. You know, it's all mm-hmm. potential right now. Yeah, I think you're right. Um although to me it's close.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. His I, game I get... is so
0: weird. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so was, uh, yeah. I think he's like Hmm. I he's think like he's the like, Goonies, you I know what I mean? Where it's like, like almost ET. <laughs> yeah, I think he's like the Brothers McMullen. Where You're like, oh, this this has a lot of potential. What's mm-hmm. this? What's this guy gonna do later? And it's like he's gonna make the same movie but with Jennifer Aniston in it instead. <laughs> and like, people are really interested in working with him. And It's like, what, what's he? What's he ultimately gonna do? It's like, eh, just. Produce a weird Showtime show, I guess. <laughs> All right, number nine, Sean, mm-hmm. the king himself, LeBron James. I, I think I think he's definitely cinema. I I wanted to, as a joke, uh-huh. say not cinema, but he's he's definitely cinema. Yeah, but it's There's like just... brutalist cinema. <laughs> 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 it is like it's like I'm trying to think like what's the He's almost like that, like six hour Klaus Barbie documentary. (laughs) I mean, in a way he's like the Irishman. He's always like surrounding himself with, with old stars. Uh, His career has gone on really (laughs) long. um, Where you're just like, I don't, I don't know if he needed to spend all that screen time in Cleveland. Honestly, (laughs) See, I think he thinks he's the clockwork orange. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, there's, there's no. (laughs) (laughs) There's just like, this is really good, but I never want to see it again. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so, uh, pummeling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like something with just like a huge death count. It feels like, (laughs) um, all right. Uh, Number eight, Carl Anthony Towns. Um I think he's definitely cinema. Just again, the weirdness, the sort of like it seems like a lot has happened to Carl Anthony yeah, Towns in a yeah, short yeah. amount of time. And he plays and, like it. Yeah, yeah. Like like he has like a he has a bit of a heavy heart. Like I could see I don't think this is the best equivalent to him. Mm-hmm. But in a way the way the franchise has treated him is not unlike Old Boy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's just been he's just been locked up with this franchise. <laughs> doesn't really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. People just appear and disappear all the time. He's just like like a door opens and he's given like 15 outlet passes a game. Yeah, I think he is like He's too young for Sunset Boulevard. Uh-huh. But, like, the second half of his career, he'd be like, this is like Sunset Boulevard. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. He's been locked in a house forever. He used to be a star. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say. This is this is a little bit, um, like, excellent performances, but kind of emotionally draining. Mm-hmm. I think he might be Manchester by the sea, Joey. mm it may, may might not be that dark, but I think he's Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, <laughs> and, like a si- as sidekicks are steering him wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and also everyone knows it's going to end in tragedy. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. No doubt, no doubt. Um, all right, number seven, Anthony Davis. This is another one I'm a little on the line about. I'm I'm gonna say no with this guy like it I think he's I think he's in the midst of becoming cinema Mm -hmm. but I think Scorsese just kind of thinks it's uh not not only is it a bit of a a paint-by-numbers superhero kind of thing but I think he feels like it's like a sequel he's like Chris Paul 2 you know like (laughs) oh this guy in New Orleans never got any help and individually did well but it didn't really show up and then he got shipped to los angeles mm-hmm. he's like come on like like find a different storyline guys <laughs> he thinks he's like the hangover too see i was gonna say <laughs> uh i think he's star- he thinks he's star wars the force awakens I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like like oh this is a this is a more exciting reboot but they didn't really they didn't really fix anything here um. All right, Damian Lillard. Sean is he? Cin- does Martin Scorsese think Damian Lillard is cinema? I think he does. I think he's like um, he likes he likes the family elements. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's a guy who is like personally admirable, but is in a situation that he's never going to really win in. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like I guess he's kind of like Goodfellas. I would say. Interesting. Um, I think he is a lot well Goodfellas is really fun. I was thinking Yeah, he's not he's not boring, he's not slow, but it's also not like a thing with a happy ending. Yeah. He might be on the waterfront. <laughs> <laughs> and like instead of yeah, he won't he won't throw a fight. Or he did yeah, like he won't leave Portland. That's his. Yeah, that's, that's his. his thing. Could have he, been, he could have been yet. a contender, but Tender. they they <laughs> they kept CJ McCollum. Yeah, but Neil about a C. C. contender McCollum. instead
3: of owning a vegan restaurant,
0: <laughs> which is what I am. All right, Trey Young. I I think he's definitely so easily cinema, like so easily cinema. And I'm going to tell you exactly what movie he is. Are you ready? What Look. is it? Yeah, he is singing in the rain.
2: Oh, Martin Scorsese thinks yeah.
0: he is singing in the rain. It's just like a joyful, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. Um. All right. Bradley Beal. Boy, you know, I wouldn't have said this a year ago, but I think he's. I think Scorsese thinks he's cinema. Explain. I think. Yourself. Like. I think. Well, because like, with John Wall, kind of a disappointment, kind of. It's like a, it's like he just became a leading man mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh, there's something here." Like it's it's almost Bradley Cooper like, I would say. <laughs> where you're like, "I never really thought this would happen." And then suddenly it's like, "Did he just get 3 Oscar nominations?" <laughs> uh, but it's still not that great. Like like you still don't really respect Bradley Cooper as an actor mm-hmm. that much. True. But you're kind of like like he's he's put in the work. There's still, like, there's a lot of career to go, but he's, like, I don't think Scorsese thinks he's a particularly great film, but I think he thinks he's, like, pretty interesting now. Sure. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say, you know what? So pick, like, uh, Okay, I... Uh, oh, go ahead. I have a thought about this, and I feel like one of the actors in it is correct, and maybe, uh... The director and now i'm i'm just remembering you say yours and i'll remember this stupid title i can't remember i can't remember. i think he thinks he's forrest gump if he thinks he's cinema where oh, it's like eh, like a, a good filmmaker made this i get how it's film but like come on it's a blockbuster yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i i think he's fox catcher because mm. you've got like Channing Tatum is a little bit in that, like, oh, okay. But also, it's, like, kind of not that great. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I was going with Forrest Gump, too. We all know Uh, how I feel about that. All right. uh, Yeah. yeah. Number three. Yeah. (laughs) Is Luka Doncic cinema? He is. I'm torn on this. I I think he is just... Like, if he weren't foreign, it would be different. But I think Scorsese just, like, has this this idea that he is like, like, I think he thinks he's like our American friend. Do you know that movie? Yeah. That, that Wim Wenders movie with Mm -hmm. Dennis Hopper. I think that's what it is where, where it's almost like he would be on the fence if he were just like a regular American guy. But the fact that it's like European kind of pushes Scorsese into cinema. My thing is, uh, I want to get this out of the way. I love Luka Doncic. Don't get me wrong. I demand you write a song about him every week. That's true. Uh, I love him so much. Um, He's so exciting to watch. But when we're talking about cinema, I oh. do sort of feel like every time every Luka Doncic highlight is basically the same. Where it's him doing that, either that hesitation and drive or a hesitation and step back. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I get, I get what you're where saying. Where it's a yeah. little repetitive. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So it's got he's got one move, but you know what? I'm with you. I love him too much to say he's not cinema. I'm uh to really disagree with you, but so I'm gonna say he's Doctor Strange because it's got one move and it's Peter Sellers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanna say if if he started dunking more, I think he would become more cinema. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh th- speaking of dunking, this one's yep. a fucking slam dunk. Giannis and Tetacumpo. I they mean he's absolutely cinema. He's like Yeah. He's the Wizard of Oz. Oh, oh that's that's great. He's <laughs> he's the Wizard of Oz, he's Casablanca. You know what he's kinda like, actually? Uh the third man. Mm-hmm. Where you're just like, this kind of has everything that you would want all together. Yeah. But no, he's the Wizard of Oz. yeah. Like, just an absolute classic out of the gate. Cannot. Like, we're going to no be talking argument. about him for yeah. 50 years. <laughs> he's, like, basically turned the city of Milwaukee from black and white into color. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and finally, James Harden, Sean. On uh, no fucking way is he cinema. <laughs> I mean, he's like... I don't think Martin Scorsese even thinks he's, like, a Marvel movie. <laughs> he No, yeah, he's, like, a, just like a, uh, like an industrial film. Yeah, or he's, like, <laughs> Gus Van Zandt's Psycho. You know what I mean? Just, like... But, see, I just think a... Martin Scorsese would say Gus Van Zandt because of Gus Van Zandt's standing. I oh. think he would argue that Gus Van Zandt's Psycho is cinema. Hmm, yeah. But yeah, like, like, oh, he's a great filmmaker trying to uh, experimenting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever seen that movie, Joey? Yeah. The only thing he added is Vince Vaughn masturbating. It's so weird. It's so (laughs) weird he keeps that last scene. Uh, (laughs) It is a completely inexplicable thing. (laughs) And he used his goodwill hunting cred to make a. (laughs) Yeah. Shot by shot remake of Psycho with Vince Vaughn and Ann Hagg. Man, I love his, I love Gus Van and I can't defend it. No. Um, I mean I even like I even like his school shooting movie. Yeah, that movie rules elephant. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Um, uh, um but his but, Kurt yeah. Cobain Death movie, I love. Most people do not like that movie. I didn't hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a very watchable. Yeah, it's like but you're right. It's like an industrial movie. It's like it almost feels like he thinks like, it's binge watching friends. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Just lower, just the dregs. It's watching gonna... it's binge watching episodes of The American Office on a phone in the subway. <laughs> I was going to say video game cutscenes. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, there's nothing you can do. Um, I'm just going to watch this again. And it's just like exploiting it. And, and because his game is like exploiting a glitch in a video game. Well, that's what and I then was And with gonna like a PR say, though, department. Yeah. I think, though, of all of these guys, uh-huh. James Harden is the one that Martin Scorsese would most like to make a movie about. Uh, I can because see that. he loves grifters. Yeah, right. And he is the ultimate NBA grifter. Yes. He's the greatest grifter in sports history, possibly. I mean, I'm he's sure like there's F- some spitballer in the 30s or whatever, but like Yeah, I mean, like of the modern era. Yeah, I mean, there was like Hal Chase and uh yeah, like Gaylord Perry was like yeah. a notable cheater to the point where he would like pretend to cheat. Yeah. And throw a normal pitch, but yeah, yeah. I could see. I want to see Scorsese's James Harden movie. Actually, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, like like because I kind of wish Scorsese had made the Catch Me If You Can story mm-hmm. instead of Spielberg, yeah. so it was like a little less wholesome and a little more like you're pretending like, to be style. So I'll tell you that with, much. Yeah, yeah, that definitely would not have. <laughs> imagine harvey Keitel in the hanks role instead it still would have started to cap yeah you know? weirdly it still would have i don't know why i it. don't I still i like a lot of the movies still don't totally understand the partnership i mean it makes it didn't make sense and even though he's good in all of them It it still didn't make sense until Wolf of Wall Street. And then I was like, oh, this is what he's been trying to get to. Right, right, right. (laughs) And yeah, he's like, he's certainly fine in The Departed, but also it's like... I don't know. It's weird. He he saw the gross in DiCaprio before we all did. You know what but I mean? I, he was like, like I, "This adult man's dating a seventeen-year-old. He's disgusting. I love him. Put him in all my movies." Yeah. This is this is weird. <laughs> oh, the, the pussy. The pussy, pussy? Uh, oh, that's, that's incredible. He's, he's vaping twenty-four hours a day while also talking. Well, I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing Bill Simmons. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> He, got he, new he's, he's vaping, he's vaping. He's vaping. Like, I like 24 hours vaping. a day But also, like he, he won't ta- stop talking about Global warming It's like maybe the water vapor's not helping there, Leo <laughs> 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 Alright, and our final question uh, yes. This should maybe be a News story too yeah. But it came out earlier this week That Enos Cantor and James Dolan Are friends who text each other and Steven Bentz asked, What do Enos Cantor and James Dolan text about? I honestly it's the think blues. It's just, it's the blues. <laughs> You think it's the blues? It's 100% I, the blues. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of feel like Ennis is faking it. I also would not be surprised if they um like when Ennis left the Knicks, they agreed to like binge watch a Netflix show together. Well, and the, they like text about it. The other thing we should talk about is uh Ennis Cantor is also really good friends with Bill Clinton. Uh, so oh, maybe no. he's texting maybe him about damage control for when uh, uh, sex crimes come out. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. Like Epstein That's... playing kind of stuff. And yeah, Ennis Cantor's yeah. like, look. I know you, some security guys. This is how I encrypt my email to keep it away from the Turkish government. Oh, wait, I know what he's... No, no, see, I'm thinking it's the other way, because James Dolan has had so many close relationships with uh, sex offenders. Oh, so, oh, you're saying that they're helping Cantor get out in front of something we don't know yeah, about yet? Yeah, that when Bill Clinton finally gets full-on caught. Oh, 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 gotcha. <laughs> I thought I thought he was like... Helping Bill Clinton and James Dolan. No, I think they're writing a song that Enos <laughs> Cantor will perform called "I Should Have Known Too" about mm-hmm. when Bill Clinton finally goes down with the Epstein stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he gets full Prince Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Do you think um, James Dolan has played the song "Turkey in the Straw" in front of Ennis Cantor? No, but like a bluesy version, like "Turkey in the Straw." <laughs> ha ha ha. <laughs> Uh, no, it's too, uh, it's too white. That song is too white for James Dolan. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got to go down to the crossroads. In his heart, yeah, in in James Dolan's heart, he's, like, uh, he's, like, Less white than the blues brothers. You know oh, what I mean? True. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he wants a song about a mean old woman, yeah, but it yeah. turns out that he only thinks that woman's mean because she's suing him for sexual mm-hmm. harassment. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right, should we talk about the news? Let's do it.
3: This is round ball rock news, basketball news for humans and robots. Trust the process.
0: All right, Sean. I argued about whether we should make our first story here a Tillman time or the news, but I gotta say, I don't think Tillman actually is in on board with this. I don't think he likes it, no. <laughs> um, the rockets... This actually goes against Tillman Fertitta's philosophy, yeah, actually. Yeah, which is shut up and listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh the Rockets are protesting a game. Uh can you walk us through the details here? Yeah, so the the Rockets were playing the Spurs. Uh they had a big lead and with like 8 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, uh James Harden dunked it so hard that the ball went through the basket and then popped out again, which is cinema. That is cinema, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but then it went through again, which also might make it not cinema. <laughs> um, but everyone was definitely confused live, including Harden, who went to chase the rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was ruled no basket. But then on the video, it, it is clearly a basket. <laughs> but uh, you've watched the play, right? Yeah. It's a really... It, it is it is very hard to tell what's happening right. at full speed. Um, and then the Rockets... Asked about it, but they were past the like thirty seconds or whatever. Well, apparently you can't actually replay a made basket. You, like that's not part of coaches' challenges. Ah, because, because the Reven- why would that be? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> when has this ever happened? <laughs> it's it's like it happened like eleven years ago, I think, where mm-hmm. Manu like hit a three and they ruled it a miss, I yeah. guess, because it looked like he was throwing an alley oop. I don't know. Um, so the game ended up tied, uh, in regulation. And then the Rockets won in double overtime, I think. Mm -hmm. No, Um, the Spurs won. uh, Sorry, the Spurs won in double overtime. Um, so initially the Rockets said that they were hopeful that the NBA would simply award them a win. Mm -hmm. Because if you added those two points to the score, they would have won in regulation, which is... Such a Rockets-ass mm-hmm. thing to ask for. Like, like, there's no scenario where you award the Rockets a win like, in a game that they lost. Right. We're going <laughs> to talk about another fan base later. Yeah. Who would love if that's happened to them because it's their favorite thing to do. But even they wouldn't complain Well, they They wouldn't expect the win. They just, for a year, they'd be like, they took that game away from us. They hate us. It's the bias. The refs hate us. (laughs) Um, so the other thing is that the Rockets want them to replay the final seven minutes and 50 seconds of the game, Mm -hmm. which I think logistically would happen just whenever those two teams were playing. Right. Uh, I don't remember if this was a road game or a home game. I don't care. Um, But I think they would play it after the other game. Well, didn't this happen once? It did. Um, Um, And I think it was. It was when there was a fire in Mexico City, right? Didn't the Spurs have to play like two quarters of a game or something? I can't remember exactly what happened, but. uh, Or they uh, just played a double header or something. Well, they've also, there's also been games where they like replayed the final five seconds, I think. Um, I'll find it. Let, keep talking and I'll find this. Um, Here's what I think needs to yeah. happen here. Greg Popovich um is starting to show his ass a little bit. And we can't let Nate Duncan be right. Uh, and there's only one way he can save both face and the Spurs season. Uh-huh. And all he needs to do is Call the league office right now and just forfeit the game. Just say, I give it to the Rockets. I'm not replaying this game. Fuck you. You want the win so bad, take it. Because Greg Popovich, as we all know, is the king of the regular season doesn't matter, you dorks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't play my stars during national TV games. I'm not going to play anyone during this seven minute game. We are forfeiting. forfeiting. Take the win, nerds. You fucking babies. (laughs) That would be great. Um, So there was a they had to do a replay in 1982 but the most recent one was in um, 2008. Yeah, yeah. This is the one I was thinking of. This just trash Miami Heat team was playing the Hawks and uh with 52 seconds to go, the official scorer incorrectly ruled that uh, Shaq fouled out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hawks ended up winning uh, by six in overtime, and what they did was um, they had it. They just played with the Hawks leading one fourteen to one eleven with twenty with 52 seconds left, and Shaq was allowed to be on the floor mm-hmm. and uh did no nobody win? scored and the hawks won hilarious that's a zero, zero. Oh my god and did they play it before a game yeah, yeah it was oh, it god. was right before the game they played those fifty two seconds and then just played a regular game after that did they also lose that game? Uh, let me find out. It would out. be so funny if, to lose two games in to one To lose night. two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if you were a fan at that game, like, oh, I saw them lose twice. Oh. And, uh, it's, it's amazing that, um, the the game that they had to replay was the last game of Alonzo Morning's career. hmm So did he play? Because he, no, cause he, cause he had blown out his knee in December and never played again. Uh, and then, uh, let's I wasn't see. sure if it was a knee thing or a kidney t- thing that time, you know what I mean? He could have yeah. played 52 seconds if it was a kidney thing. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He would just would have yelled at someone for making fun of his kidney. Um, and Pat Riley apparently just filed a protest as like a psychological thing. Like he didn't really think he'd win, but he's like, eh, we're like seven and 18. I thought this would kickstart the team. And then they, uh, went eight and, uh, 49. Mm -hmm. And traded Shaquille O'Neal for Sean Traded Shaquille O'Neal, and, you know, because of that, they got Michael Beasley. Yeah, and then because of that, they got, uh, LeBron James. All right, um... Uh, Oh, and the other game that happened was also a Pat Riley game. It was, and a Spurs game. The, The refs messed up a call in a double lane violation. Um... Oh, oh, right. And so Shaq, even though they were replaying the game because Shaq fouled out, he was already off the team when they played it again. So it's like. Oh, that's hilarious. It doesn't matter. And so um, and it also officially Sean Marion, because all the stats just reverted to December, Sean Marion um, actually played for two games for two teams on the same night. That's amazing. Yeah. Um all right. Uh Sean, let's talk about the Rockets though. Or I guess let's talk about the game first cuz we didn't really bring that up. Oh yeah, um, yeah. This is a game the Rockets blew a 22 point lead. They did. Yeah. Um Harden went 24 20, at, for of uh, 24 from the line, but he also missed 16 three-pointers. That's an NBA record. Um here's my question. <laughs> uh is this game f- Oh, first off, I want to say um, Forrest, I know you listen. Yeah. At do nots on Twitter. Um, I'm sorry we're talking about this. Yeah, it's... Um, we love you so much, and we're very apologetic that this is what your team is like. <laughs> and honestly, I I like historically, like tend to root for the Houston Rockets, yeah. like 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 the McGrady teams, the Barkley teams, the Akeem teams, and Daryl Morey. I know you're listening. Still uh-huh. go on round ball. Yeah, come on, dude. We'll talk. we just, just want to theater, talk about musical that's theater. That's so hard. I want, I have so many questions about analytics and Mandy Patinkin. You have no uh. idea, Daryl. <laughs> um, all right. Um, but is this game? Why the ratings are down? <laughs> I mean, kind of the, like every year, James Harden becomes less watchable. And people who are still supporting James Harden get more vehement about, like, no, he's great. He's great. He's tricking the refs. He's found an inefficiency. But, like, a guy who's scoring the majority of his points just by getting to the line, it, like, makes the games longer. It's boring. You get annoyed. Like, he the worst He shoots way thing... more free throws than Shaq. uh uh-huh. And they were fouling Shaq on purpose. Yeah, and, and people were complaining about that when it was happening— And it's just like, you're kind of not really playing basketball at that point. I know it's in the rules, but it's, yeah, it reminds me of uh, baseball hit by pitch phenomenon, Ron Hunt, Mm -hmm. who just leaned into pitches all the time. It's like, yeah, it's within the rules, but it's terrible. And you just resent the guy all the time, and you hate watching the game. I have a different theory why uh, ratings are down, though. Oh, yeah, what is it? Uh, I actually think uh, it's because of all the player movement now. Oh, that people aren't as loyal to a franchise now? No, like normal basketball fans just don't even know who's on what team anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it does kind of feel like the NFL where, where if I'm just watching like a random team on a Sunday... I just have no idea who like the safety. But you do is know who the be. quarterback is. And, I know that and that the is, basketball that is, is five quarterbacks. That's right. the problem. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, like like I mean look, this is part of the reason why I feel like uh the Morris twins should have to be on one team. Mm-hmm. Um that will clear <laughs> things up. Especially well, you can't have one Morris twin go to a previous Morris twins team too. Did like, you see why Marcus is hurt? No. Uh, so Marcus Morris is hurt because let me get the wording exactly right. Sorry to go off topic. It's just the Rockets bummed me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, um, I just want to get the wording of this correct. Uh-huh. Uh, so Marcus Morris is injured currently. He missed a game because... <laughs> uh, he was sleeping, and here's the here's the tweet from at Dan Feldman NBA. Marcus Morris missed Nick's games because his quote huge for a one-year-old unquote son jumped on him to wake him. Oh my god. <laughs> well, you know, I've <laughs> I that that happened to a member of the San Francisco Giants, uh, Jeremy Affeld, who also once injured himself uh, separating frozen hamburger patties. Yeah. But he, um, he was very cagey about his injury and the team like just called it like a knee injury suffered off the field. And like months later, Jeremy Affelt was like, like my, my two year old's really fat. And he, he (laughs) jumped, he jumped from the couch and I caught him without being ready but I didn't want to make him feel bad, so I didn't tell anybody except the team. But so, Sean, you're an expert in children. You've babysit yes. several. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, if anyone in the Los Angeles area needs to hire a babysitter, hire Sean. Yeah, I'm good. I, I can give you references. Um, I took I took a kid to to an amusement park this week. So great. how huge is huge for a one year old? Now, take it in should... mind the word is huge. Huge. Yeah. It's still not that big, Joey. It shouldn't be able to hurt Marcus (laughs) Morris. Like the the biggest two-year-old I can imagine. One. It's one. one. Right, right. I'm just saying like the biggest age, like the thing is he was in bed. I buy that like a heavy child jumping on you can like make you just twist your ankle or something like that. But uh, even the biggest one-year-old imaginable jumping on you while you're in bed, yeah, I just don't buy it here. Sure. So you think I mean, he like, was doing something else? I'm just saying like – you think Marquise huge... e. Morris jumped on him when he was sleeping? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> because like a huge one-year-old is still like maybe 25 pounds, 30 pounds maybe. <laughs> and you could just have like a 30-pound sack dropped on you and you'd be fine. But if you're sleeping, your body doesn't protect itself. It's still a one-year-old, man. He's huge. He's 6'8". <laughs> like, like I guess, like, if you told me that, like... Okay. Kay Felder got hurt by, like, a four-year-old jumping on him, I would buy that. But a Morris twin with even the biggest one-year-old imaginable, okay. I just... <laughs> I found the old, the the biggest 10 month old. Okay. Um and he is um Turkish. No at two, no at, <laughs> at 2 months he was 22 pounds. Oh my god. And at 10 pound, te, at 10 months goddammit, it's the sun. He was 4 stone 6 pounds. So, hold on, got to do my uh My uh, let me remember my Bush album math. Um, (laughs) pounds. Stone a stone is fourteen pounds. Okay, so four stones is fifty-six. Uh, plus (laughs) six pounds, so Uh sixty-two pounds. That could injure a Morris twin, Sean. That could, that could. I just don't think this kid is (laughs) sixty-two pounds. I don't buy it. Forty-five pounds tops. All right, back to and the by Rockets. Which I, by which I mean, of course, three stone and three pounds. I, right, Daryl Morey, if you're listening, uh, I would like you to audit Marcus Morris's son's yeah. weight, please, and let us know. I'm a um, I'm a I'm a fat toddler truther, Joey. Um, here's a question, Sean. Uh huh. Have the Rockets become a parody of themselves? Yes, for asking for the win, yes I don't think we're there quite yet
2: because The problem is Because they're yeah, still ahead.
0: starting Russell Westbrook Which is the least rockety thing possible Yeah uh, And Tillman Fertitta has yet to chime in on this That's when they become oh, a parody of themselves the Tillman Fertitta either... has to have an impromptu press conference In front of a brick wall somewhere um where he talks about how the ref should be shot into space or whatever. Um, and then they become a parody of themselves. Here's my All other right. question for you. Mike mm-hmm. Mike D'Antoni doesn't like this, right? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Because <laughs> he's been burned so much by protests with the league. Yeah. That like he just doesn't think something good is gonna come out of it. He's he's waiting for the other unnecessary suspension to drop. Also, he's a chill Bernie, bro. Don't forget, he doesn't want Oh, that's this. true. This is some Mitt Romney shit. <laughs> uh, and again, never forget, Daryl Morey contributed to Mitt Romney's presidential campaign. <laughs> Alright, and finally, Sean, what will their next... Pro- what will the Rockets' next protest be? Okay, I think they're gonna, like, throw it back to the movie Hoosiers. hmm And it's gonna be... Daryl Morey demanding a measurement to make sure that the length of the court and the height of the basket are the same as their gym in Houston. Like he misunderstood that scene. Mm-hmm. And he didn't realize that he was just telling those guys not to get intimidated in a big arena. And he's like, no, coach Normandale, he was, he thought there was some chicanery. He wanted to be able to play the game under protest. If the basket was only nine feet, mm-hmm. 11 and three quarters inches. Um, I think, I think their next protest is just straight up going to be, they're going to, they're going to demand robot refs. (laughs) Yep, I can see that. (laughs) They'll talk to Vivek about it, too. Oh, did, did you hear that Vivek story this week, Joey? I did not. Uh, we're really getting off track. But yeah, Vivek Ranadive, the owner of the Sacramento Kings, go Uh ahead, Sean. He, uh he came very close to this before finally being overruled. He wanted to install, um, a hoop next to the entrance to the law. Lo- I don't know if it was supposed to be in the outside of the locker room or outside the tunnel to the locker room, mm-hmm. uh, with the idea that players, uh, could practice their free throw shooting there during games. So like a guy would I get think that's subbed out of cool. The game, but like, guys don't really leave the bench during Mm -hmm. games. And also I don't know if it's really that helpful because unless you're James Harden, how often do you really go into the free throw line? It's fair point. It's, and so they went as far as to install the hoop. And then the guys on the team are like the uh, team officials were finally like, it would be really weird if the coach tried to sub someone in and they were shooting free throws in the mm-hmm. locker room. Right. And and I think they were like, we're kind of embarrassed by this. But they got far enough that a hoop was actually installed. And <laughs> Is then it take... still there? Oh, they took it down? No, no, no. They took it down. Bummer. Yeah. yeah. I wish it was there. Um, all right. Carmelo Anthony, Sean. We haven't uh, really talked about him that much on the show. No, we really haven't. we've had some breaks. Yeah. Um, but he won player of the week. I loved it so it's much. It's so tight. Look, like, look, did James Harden score 60 points in three quarters <laughs> and Carmelo Anthony scored 67 in a week? Yeah. Yes. But... Uh, <laughs> does it matter? Not, not one no. bit. Does, it's like, does anyone it's ever not... remember a player of the week award? <laughs> no. The only one I remember is when, and I think it was a player of the month award, is when all five Hawks won it. I don't know if that was of a week or of a month. But there was a point when all five Hawks won it. Yeah, wait, wait. They won in a single week, or they all won in a season, different weeks. No, in a single week, they awarded Player of the Week to the Hawks starting five. But it might have been Player of the Month. It was the Corver, Millsap, Horford. Oh, and, you know that uh, Teague. Yeah, one. I don't. I. It might have been a Player of the Month. But either but I mean, way, do, these awards it's don't even fucking a trophy. matter. Trophy, like. I think they do, though. Actually, I think you do get a little trophy because really? I remember I, when Monte Ellis won one. Oh, I think it would a, be like, like a, a certificate. A, or no, something. it's like a little glass. Oh, thing. What um, a weird. Anyway, it's it's just a PR award. Like yeah. I don't think people realize that that it's just like something that the NBA releases each week because it'll make people. It'll make a hundred nerds tweet about it at mm-hmm. once. Um. I mean, more than 100 nerds. I'm sorry. I'm selling it short. Um, but it's incredible that people are outraged about it. This. I mean, I was going to say, do you think James Harden really cares about the Player of the Week award? And then I just realized, of course he does. <laughs> it's James Harden, like, playing for the Rockets. Uh, do you think Luka Doncic cares? Because he sh- will also he probably would have won it, actually. I don't think he cares about he that. He did no. win player of the month two days later. So yeah. I mean, player of the month is a little different. <laughs> I get it. Cause it just feels like it, but in like a single week, is not possible. Your team might only be scheduled for like one game. Yeah. <laughs> so like, uh, I just loved how mad people got and we're just throwing figures. Like this is a disgrace when it's like, the whole award could have been called the Welcome Back Mellow Award. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Look, I did not believe that he was going to help the Blazers at all. But it—I'm certainly rooting for him. I just didn't think it would happen. Right. It, it would. It, yeah. Like, like he wanted him to come back and suck, so you could. Like, like, it angers you if he does. Well, no, it rules. So you could like, bet against him on your betting. Yeah, your betting that's what you website. Want to do and if if it crushes you, you and gotta just you tweet complain. about it incessantly forever. Just um, oh, it sucks. It's terrible. Never been good. This Hall of Famer is trash. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's super tight. I look, look, Joey. We have been talking about how the Blazers should add Mellow for, for at least a year and a, and a half. Second. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Um, I and then, uh. Okay, so the Warriors, our beloved Golden State Warriors, yes. were flexed from two national TV games this month. Yeah, how uh, dare they? They're not judge. playing on twelve thirteen or twelve eighteen oh. anymore. God, um, America needs to see Willie Cauley Stein. And you know what it's, I gotta uh, say? Uh-huh. Good, keep yeah. doing it because you know what? I want to watch this team in a dark room by myself. Uh-huh. Because you know what, uh, they're bad at basketball. Uh-huh. But I've really been enjoying this season. I am j- been enjoying this season of Warriors basketball more than the last two seasons. Wow, I will say, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not there with you, Joey. But I feel at I, home. It just yeah, well, feels I, this is what Warriors basketball is, not on national TV. Being excited about a second-round pick while your first-round pick is having the worst season of a rookie it can ever have. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all I mean, of your overpaid players are hurt. One of them might not even be good. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. I think with... I found it a little bit tough when they just didn't have anyone playing. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, all right, I, I'm watching... A G League game right like now, you're like watching like, Eric Pascal. Well, yeah. I am watching Eric Pascal. I love that, but like the bench comes in and it's like, oh god, it's Marquise, Chris and like, like I like individual players, but like you just can't be like that overwhelmed. But now that like Draymond's playing a few minutes, all that had to happen was DeAngelo Russell had to come back, and then I'm like, ah, Monte lives. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like. Like he's taking crazy shots. A lot of them are going in. He's not guarding They're anyone. They're all man. like 20 footers, too. Uh-huh. They're not three-pointers. I mean, but he kinda he's kind of rules. Like, <laughs> it was like those Monte Ellis games where you'd be like, he scored 40. I don't know if he really helped the team, actually. <laughs> but here it's like, I want him to be shooting more. Like, like, there's no reason D'Angelo Russell shouldn't be taking like 30 See, shots a game. I am this. weirdly. Right back in Warriors bad mode where I'm mad every time Eric Pascal isn't the one shooting. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm I, like I mean, run an ISO for him every single time. God, Let him like learn. Watching, Let him learn, baby. It's like watching Reggie Williams light it up for them. <laughs> uh but the thing that the thing that's great about them not being on national TV is that understandably the guys, the announcers get bored. The Warriors announcers do not get bored because Bob Fitzgerald, after five years of championship basketball, finally gets to yell oh, about just, how if they hadn't lost a quarter by 25 points, they'd be winning the game right now. <laughs> giving like arbitrary things like, that's six and a half minute stretch. They're outscoring him by seven. And like, he's mad that like an undrafted rookie isn't getting a call yeah. from the refs. Really uh, one of the worst people in calling, sports. Calling like totally anonymous players by their first names. Uh-huh. Like he's Bob Costas watching <laughs> the 96 Bulls. So upset. That has been the worst part happens. about this season. Is <laughs> not having Jim Barnett to shut him up every once in a while. Really has been... Because I like Kalen Ozabuki. Yeah. One of my favorite Warriors ever, actually. Yeah, I love him too. Um, but he's so new... He's just letting Bob drive and we can't happen. Look, <laughs> I I get what you're saying there, but like it's not it, the car is on fire <laughs> and it's going off a cliff. You know what I mean? Like at that point I kind of want Neil Diamond to be on the radio. You know what I mean? Like like crank up the Nickelback as I'm plunging to my death in a flaming car. Let Bob just run this show. (laughs) All right. While we're talking about bad announcers. Oh, yeah. This is the last thing we should talk about. Uh, The Jazz played the Lakers this week. Uh, And first off, uh, the refs missed a really bad travel, but it was the most (laughs) innocuous travel I've ever seen. Like, LeBron wasn't even making a move. It was just he was dribbling up the court. And then just held the ball and took five steps and then started and dribbling then started again. And started dribbling again. So it was also a double dribble. Um, Boyan was, had an amazing reaction. Yeah, where he... <laughs> but jazz fans, of course, lost their shit because they weren't being respected. Yeah, yeah. And it, it when you watch, it's incredibly blatant, but it's also like that travel, I think last year, where... Russell Westbrook jogged like seven mm-hmm. steps with the ball. It's just that like... Why would the, the ref, ref be watching Yeah, that? the ref's running, and he's just watching other... He's like... You know, when there's... No one... No one's guarding LeBron. The defender's eight to... feet away yeah. from him. And so it's like, yeah, you just you just weren't watching because you went into autopilot, and you're like, I'm watching other things, and... But yeah, I okay, Obviously, they I sent they you lost this possession. text. I uh, sent you this text as it happened. <laughs> I was like... Oh my God! This is like a jazz fan's wet dream. They get to uh-huh. yell about this for three years, uh-huh. Uh-huh. just like yeah. they didn't call LeBron of a, a tr- a the most blatant travel in NBA history on LeBron because they don't respect the Jazz. It's like exactly what they want. It's the perfect combination of player, team. <laughs> like it's it's we are we are one second to midnight on the doomsday clock. <laughs> Do you think? Do you think they're going to make signs that say "La Travel" the next time he yes, comes in? Absolutely, yeah, I think so too. But then, as if LeBron couldn't make them more <laughs> mad, what did he do later? Uh, so it was it was basically garbage time at this point. No, I mean it's absolutely garbage time because LeBron I mean, had removed time his for shoes, LeBron. <laughs> and uh, I don't even remember what player it is. Did Kuzma block the shot that he was so excited about? I don't remember. A Jazz player drives the lane, uh, and the Lakers block his shot. Well, you know was why a... LeBron had removed his shoes, right? Don't forget that part. I don't know why. He gave them to a child in the crowd oh, in the middle of the third quarter. A child for from... Wait, he was out that early? <laughs> yeah, it was. It might have been early fourth, but yes. But whenever he yeah. left the game. They were up by like 27 points. They were, uh, oh, you're right. It was actually... I had thought the game was a little bit closer because of... Because oh no, it was not. Yeah, they won by twenty five, <laughs> and they were up by sixteen at halftime. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So Either okay, way, LeBron so that's why literally his were, gave his shoes away minutes. while yeah, sitting yeah. on the bench. Uh huh. Um, and then just st- just sat there with no shoes on the whole game, the yeah. rest, the whole rest of the game. Yeah, um, and so he got so excited about Kuzma's block that he like. Kind of jogged down on the baseline and was like pumping his fist to celebrate it. Look, this year, not that he, not that this isn't the norm, but LeBron has been a phenomenal teammate. Uh, mm-hmm. he, I feel like he's personally rebuilt Contavius Caldwell postseason. He Pope's hasn't traded right? any of the, his own no, players, not forcing yet. anyone out. Yeah. <laughs> he's even okay with like Jared Dudley playing yeah. occasionally. Uh, yeah, the Lakers were, boy, what a, what a, what ass kicking this was, <laughs> dude! There's something up with the Jazz. Like I know, look, I know Quinn Snyder. Those teams start slow every year. It seems uh-huh. like where it's like they're like four games below 500 in Jan, and then like until like mid December, and then the All Star break happens, and it's like the Jazz have been the best team in basketball for two months. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yeah, they're uh, like all those, all those, all those announcers slash podcasters slash angry journalists are always just making up these stats where you're like, well, if you can look at the last 34 games, the Jazz are the greatest in the fourth team quarter. in basketball history. Yeah. Um, but there's something up with this team. I don't get like, I, I get there's a lot of new players. I mean, maybe it's just a tax for not having Ricky Rubio. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like that happens. I mean, their their depth is kind of bad. Yeah. I'll say that. But also, Conley's been hurt Conley's and bad. Conley's been so. bad when he wasn't hurt too. Yeah. It's like I don't know. I'm rooting for the Jazz too. I like the Jazz this year. Boyon and Ingles, you can't beat them, baby. No, no, I don't. I don't particularly care for Rudy Gobert. Look, I know well, he's good. We know, we know. But come on, Boyon yeah. and Ingles. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean, I mean the it. problem is—is is actually Boyon has been really good, and, and it's angles. marginalized Ingles. Ingles uh, Eng- has been rough. It really has been like just as I predicted. It's just like Southland Tales. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Now I did. I did recently add him in my. Um, africa-based fantasy basketball league the only one i'm in but i also had forgotten i was playing fantasy basketball until Son, just now that, so i don't man. think i've made a roster move in like three weeks i'm Son, sorry gotta, come on i'm sorry to to purity and the rest of the people league people owners lose. people listen to us Listen to our i've podcasts, ignored a lot of dude. i feel bad i feel bad i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna set my lineup now um you know what i was thinking about today what was that you know what the snyder cut is the, i mean the quinn snyder cut is Ooh, what is it? It's 100% pure, baby. It's not cut with anything. Oh, damn. <laughs> Cocaine. All right. uh, Sean, I think that's our show. I think so, too. Oh, wait. We didn't even explain. And then the announcer went crazy because LeBron stepped on the court with no shoes on. Oh, yeah. He we lost. We didn't even get that far. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was like that he was on the court at all or his socks or. It's because he's not white, dude. Yeah, that's that's probably right. What uh, else do you think he's uh I don't know. <laughs> do, what other etiquette breaches would uh, Mr. Manners have a problem with? Is yeah, that Yeah, exactly. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say um to too urban a handshake in between free throws. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, someone's gonna, someone's not going to slap hands, but they're going to do, like, a fancier thing. And he's going to be like, no room for that. We're not on the playground. I don't think he likes it when Draymond Green makes eye contact with the refs. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably... That's a bad one. Um. All right, that's our show. We've gone on yeah, too long. Uh, we have. Sean, what would you like to plug? Um, New Year's Eve shows in... San Francisco at Cobb's the 29th through the 30th. I'm basically doing shows in San Francisco the week after Christmas all over town. Um, and then, you know, you can read my NBA stuff on Yard Barker where I, uh, I've never gotten more angry responses than when I said I thought the Clippers could beat the Lakers in the playoffs this year. Uh, someone went to my personal Instagram to post a, very very poorly spelled rant.
2: Wow, who are you, Corbin profile. Smith,
0: NFL? I know. <laughs> and then i I looked up his profile, and uh, he apparently writes screenplays. I don't I don't believe it. Um. All right. Uh. As for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz. Where today was my birthday, so please buy something from my store: outrageous olive oil and vinegar. <laughs> uh. But on December fourth, I tweeted. Today is one of those days, you know. I do know. I think. Yeah, I do too. I don't know what he's saying, right? I think he was selling a lot of olive oil. Um, <laughs> Sean, did you write a song? You know, Joey, I did, and Ooh, um, this one is—it's um, a parody of a really great song from last year. Like we've talked about how we don't follow modern music, mm-hmm. but. Um, this is actually a parody of a song done by The Ringer. Um mm-hmm. called Luca. Hale Luca? Yeah, okay, it's great. Not, yeah, that's the song. And uh, this song is called uh, Baby Yoda. Yeah, all right, great. I the can't wait to Baby hear it. The Baby Yoda song you're going to hear this week. Look, we're just trying to go viral. We saw, look, are we shameless copycats? Sure. But we but just want to go viral. We and want Lin-Manuel Miranda. Miranda to tweet at how, about how great we are, about how great your singing voice is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's playing right now. Uh, please, while you're listening to it, close your eyes and uh, imagine those two Watchmen having sex, because uh-huh. as everyone knows, in the Snyder Cut of the Watchmen, they have sex to Holly Luca. Uh-huh. Um, they do. <laughs> um trust the process trust the process and, uh, shut it down let's never talk about the Irishman being too long ever again <laughs> never well I heard there was a puppet green that Ted Cruz
3: used as a Twitter meme and in the swamp he lived it bubbled like soda well he's got great style he makes me smile like an angry rap from Cousin Kyle, that goofy cousin is a total bro Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Thought Favreau would use CGI. Werner Herzog loved the little guy. His cuteness made the internet explode. He's the biggest success from Disney Plus. He could get more ass than Jerry Bus. And Hamilton belongs in a Komodo. Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda, baby Yoda, baby Yoda. Baby, I've seen Star Wars before, and I don't care about Mandalore. This stupid series has a million and i know david chang's your favorite cook but a podcast series is not a book i heard five episodes and now i won't download her, baby yoda Pretty sure they wrote a blog About how Boba Fett's an alpha dog The website stinks They need some baking soda That little guy's from Dagobah And Joe House loves to eat foie gras I can't believe he doesn't look more bloated Baby Yoda Baby Yoda Baby Yoda Baby Yoda You know, we started making these songs almost exactly one year ago totally convinced that they were going to go viral. Well, it's a year later, and you know what? Every single one of them has gone viral. So pass this on to all your friends, to Luka Doncic, to Lin-Manuel Miranda, and if you're a psychic, a medium, or can communicate with the afterlife, play this for Jeff Buckley. Baby, I've never seen the show I only have HBO Go They don't have any given Wednesday It's peculiar And not that you have to stick to sports But grown-ups arguing about Hogwarts Is why I get bummed out by Grantland Jr. Grandland Junior, Grandland Junior, Grandland Junior, Grandland Junior, Grandland Junior, Grandland Junior, Grandland Junior. Grandland Junior. Grandland. Grandland Junior Grandland Junior baby